Hi, this is Jonathan Messenger, and thank you for listening to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. Now, if you remember in the last episode... Apology accepted. <laughs> Wait, what did you just say, Bebop? I said apology accepted. It's so gracious of you to apologize for being so very wrong before. Wait, what was I wrong about? You said that no listener had asked me whether I'd ever fought mutant whales. That's not exactly what I said. Oh, no. No. Rewind the tape. The tape? What are you talking... But hold on, you're supposed to be answering listener questions. You're telling me a listener wrote into you and said, Dear Bebop, have you ever fought mutant whales before? You never know, Jonathan. These listeners are crazy. Wait a sec, I don't think it's the listeners who are crazy. See, and now we have a question from Natasha and her brother Evan in Chicago asking me specifically if I've ever fought mutant whales. Hey, well, hold on a second. I don't think it's fair to say that just because Natasha and Evan are now curious whether you fought mutant whales because you sang about it a couple episodes ago, that means that you were right all along and that I was... Rewind the tape. Don't rewind the tape. Look, they were nice enough to ask, so can you please answer their question? Have you ever fought mutant whales? Well, I can only really answer that question by launching into a full-on Bebop Tale episode. So please cue the theme music. There is no theme music. Okay, well then cue the threatening whale songs that are also filled with a conflicting sense of deep respect for their mortal enemy, the robot. I don't have any whale songs. Wait, robots and whales are mortal enemies? Fine. Then at least start the sounds of harpoons whizzing through the night air as our hero Bebop cranks the accelerator on his motorcycle, dodging through a city market on a moonless night. Watch out, Bebop. Don't hit the fish stand. Okay, I have a feeling this story is going to be a long one, so how about instead of going into a Bebop tale, you just answer. Simple. Yes or no. Have you, Bebop, Robobogo, Wanatron, fought any mutant whales? Yes. And you'll hear all about it on Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, fighting dinosaurs and mutant whales, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. Alright, I wish I could rewind the last two minutes of my life here, but instead, let's just get on with our episode. If you remember what happened in our last show, the crew made it out of Saffrite's belly only to find themselves faced with the greatest mystery of all, a man dressed as a Marlowe explorer who had no memory of how he got there or why he was imprisoned on Saffrite. So maybe we'll be able to answer a couple of those questions in episode 12, Not You Again. Finn knew exactly what he had to do. The troop had to take this adult with no name back to the famous Marlowe 280 Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station. Olivia and Olivia decided not to return with them. Their family needed to rest and then find a new planet to call home. The troop said their goodbyes and packed onto the Explorer pod. If it was cramped on the way down with the addition of Voltronic Zoo, it was even worse on the way back with this new grown-up in the pod. Voltronics was still a little out of it after the trip, and Foggy had to carry him into the ship. They strapped Voltronics down and then sat the man on his lap. Abigail started the launch sequence. Do you really not know your name? Voltronics asked the man on his lap, who just shook his head. Well, let me tell you my name. I'm Volcano Lou. No, wait. That doesn't sound right. My name is Chickenpox Flu. Wait, is that it? Supersonic doo-doo? Uh, I think he's in worse shape than we thought, Elias said. Speaking of names, on the flight back, the troop tried to settle on a name for their new explorer. Vale went first. You kind of look like a Herman. Does that ring any bells? Nope, said the mystery man. How about Steve? You could be a Steve or- Oh, wait, no. Stefan, said Abigail. Yeah, you could be a Stefan. 
Maybe if you shaved your beard. But the grown-up just shook his head. I think we're just going to have to call you Mystery Man for now, said Finn. Finn, this is your mother and captain speaking. Do you copy? Over. Yeah, Mom, we can hear you. Over. I just received Foggy's transmission. Is it true you're bringing someone back with you? Over. Roger that, Captain C, said Vale. Uh, over. You're not supposed to bring any life forms back with you to the Marlow. You could be endangering the entire crew. Over. He's not a life form, Mom. He's one of us. He's in a Marlow suit. And it looks like he's been away from the station for a really long time. He doesn't even remember his name. Over. Mom? Mom, do you copy? What does he look like, Finn? Over. Well, he looks like he hasn't shaved since basically I've been alive. And he has kind of brownish gray hair. I don't know. Seems okay to me. Over. Mom? Uh, okay. Listen, we're going to set up a containment bay. When you land the pod, please do not get out until we come to get you. Copy? Roger that. I mean it, Finn. I repeat, do not step off the pod until we give permission. Understood. Over. Yeah, okay, we get it. Jeez. Oh yeah, and we traveled through 35 stomachs of an alien, fought off these little fiery ho-ho guys, who then helped us stop an army of giant ants, by the way. But we're fine, thanks for asking. Over. I'm sorry, Finn, you're right. I'm glad to hear that you're okay, and you all performed very bravely. Please stand by and let us know immediately if anything happens on the flight back. Over. (laughs) Yeah, right, said Vale. Like anything ever happens on these flights... The entire Explorer pod shook. The computers started beeping, an alarm going off. What was that? said Finn. It felt like we got hit by something. Yeah, but by what? yelled Abigail over the alarm, as she frantically tapped at the computer. It's not like there are meteors just floating around out here. It could be that. Foggy pointed out the window. In the distance, they could see another Marlow Explorer pod, but it was dark and looked rusted on the outside, like it had been dug out of a swamp. What the? said Elias. The other pod drew closer, as if it was trying to ram Troop 301's pod. Um, evasive action! Evasive action! yelled Vale. I know, said Abigail. She tapped at the pod's computer, and the ship dipped as the mysterious pod passed above it. They all peered out the windows, but they could only see the bottom of the other pod, not what was inside it. Nice flying, Abigail, said Finn. I didn't know this pod could move like that. Me neither, she said. I honestly was just sort of typing like a monkey. Guys, it's coming back, said Elias and they all looked out to see that it was slowly turning around. This time, they saw a small metal tube poke out of the side. You know, said Vale, if I didn't know any better, I'd say that was a laser. The ship shook again. Um, Abigail, no pressure or anything said Finn, but you better figure out how to get this pod moving, or maybe we have one of those lasers, too. I I don't know, said Abigail. I'm trying, but I just can't. She banged her fist on the computer and out popped two joysticks. Huh? She said. Cool. She pushed one joystick forward and the pod took off, 
flying faster than they ever had before. The speed knocked the whole troop back. All right, said Elias. You just found the Explorer Pod's upgrades. What does that other joystick do? Abigail rolled it around, but nothing changed. She pushed the button on the top and the laser shot straight out into outer space. Whoa, said Finn. I hope that doesn't hit Saffrite. You may actually want to use it on that ship, said Foggy. They looked out the window and saw the other pod was now gaining on them. Fire again. I can't, said Abigail. She tapped a small row of lights next to the computer. I think it needs to recharge. This time, the laser zipped past their ship. Looks like they've made some upgrades of their own, said Finn. Okay, look, we need another way. We're clearly not going to outrun them, and we can't just lead them right back to the Marlow. We'd be putting everyone's family in danger. Abigail looped the Explorer's pod around Saffrite, pushing the accelerator, and the chase was on. But the other pod stayed close behind. She dodged around moons and rings and any debris she could find out in space. She even dipped around Saffrite's spines, weaving in and out of the mountain range, but she couldn't shake their pursuers. They traded laser shots, but none landed. Inside, everyone was so nervous, no one spoke. Actually, Voltronic said to the mystery man, How did I think of it? My name might be Holographic Shoe. Is this what you guys are always like? Asked the mystery man, because I felt safer in that prison back there. The conversation snapped Finn out of it. Elias, can you shut down Voltronics for a minute? Voltronics? What a funny name. Who's there? Okay, now, I need you to open him up and see if you can fix him. Finn, I don't know how to do that. He's a brand new type of robot that I've never seen before. I know you can do it, Elias. And we're gonna need him to get out of this, which means we need you. But I don't have any tools here. Oh. Actually, hold on a second. Elias unhooked and unscrewed Voltronics' hand, opening up all the various attachments he was equipped with. Drills, a soldering iron, everything he could need. See, said Finn, that is why you are first science officer. Elias smiled and began working on Voltronics. The other ship fired again, but Abigail dodged and fired back, raising its front. Finn turned to Foggy. You're going to send Voltronics out there after that pod, aren't you? If he can keep his head on straight, he may be able to do some damage, said Finn. Foggy unbuckled himself and stood up. And you are going to need some way to distract them in the meantime, aren't you? I don't know, Foggy. It's too dangerous. I may not come equipped with whatever power is in Voltronic Zoo, but I'm not scared of some rusty little ship. You all have to keep moving. I'll do my best to slow them down. Finn gave Foggy a hug. Make sure your communications are on, said Finn. And when we say come back, you come back. Foggy nodded. All of the explorers strapped themselves down, and Abigail overrode the safety system. The door opened, and Foggy jumped out. Everyone but Elias looked out as Foggy rocketed toward the other pod. They'd clearly surprised whoever was inside as it slowed down and began to descend. Foggy dove after it. The other ship's laser turned and pointed right at Foggy. Foggy! Look out! yelled Finn. The laser powered up and blasted at Foggy, who rolled onto his side as the beam shot past him, missing him by inches and lighting up his smiling face. He yelled and crashed into the other pod. He put his shoulder to the pod's side and began pushing it even further off course. Abigail turned up the thrusters to put more distance between them. No wait, said Finn. Circle down and around. While they're distracted by Foggy, we're going to surprise them. And blast them with the laser gun, said Vale. Well, I'd rather see if we can figure out who they are and why they're after us. And then we blast them? Well, then we figure out what they want and if we can reason with them. And then, you know, we blast them because we have a laser now? Okay, we'll see, Vale, said Finn. Wait, said Abigail, looking out the window. What is that? The door to the other pod was opening, and something large and furry was coming out. No way, said Finn. That's impossible. Climbing out of the other pod was a large, hairy monster with horns on his head and terrible claws, and was smiling with his terrible teeth. 
and wearing a large striped sweater. It's them. Foggy saw it too, and he flew away from the pod, but the monster jumped out and grabbed him by the leg, twisting him around. Elias, said Finn. It's time to be done with Voltronics now. Okay, one more minute, said Elias. Sorry, but no, said Finn. It has to be now. Elias nodded and closed up Voltronics's back, reattaching the tools to his left arm. Elias powered him on. I am Voltronic Zoo, the greatest robot in the universe. Well, that sounds like something he would say, said Finn, but it doesn't, you know, sound like him. Huh, said Elias. I must have accidentally adjusted his voice box. Oh, well. I always had a hard time understanding him before anyway. Voltronics, said Finn. See those two out there? You need to stop the furry one and help Foggy. And stop that pod over there if you can, too. You want me to save the puny robot? Voltronics, come on. Okay, fine. <clears throat> I really remember sounding different than this. The troops strapped down again and Voltronics shot out after Foggy. Abigail, can you get us any closer? I know it's dangerous, but we'll need to collect Foggy. Abigail was already ahead of Finn, steering the ship closer. Meanwhile, Foggy was floating out in space, doing his best to wrestle with the giant monster, who was scratching at his metal. Voltronics soared after them, but the pod turned his laser on the speeding robot. Voltronics, look out! yelled Finn. Look out for what? The laser hit Voltronics, but it just bounced off his chrome exterior and shot back at the enemy pod. Whoa, that was really cool, said Elias. Voltronics reached the monster in no time. He grabbed at its fur and flung it back toward the pod. Thanks, Voltronics, said Foggy. No problem, little one. Foggy laughed. <laughs> what happened to your voice? But Voltronics didn't have a chance to answer. Another monster emerged from the other pod and grabbed his friend. They both jumped at the robots, tussling out in space. Voltronics, said Finn. Can you take out that laser? Sure, no problem. He flew over to the laser, a horned monster holding onto his back, grabbed at the tube and bent it till it snapped. Take that, laser! And Voltronics threw it away. Wait, no, wait, 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 said Finn. But the laser was already spiraling toward them. They heard a crunch as their laser bent. Ah, oh, boy, said Finn. Okay, Abigail, bring us up a little closer. We need to get these robots back in, and I want to see who is piloting that ship. The Troop 301 pod rose toward the mysterious, darkened, rusted pod. It was like staring into a cracked mirror. Some dark and damaged version of yourself that had gone a different way. They drew level with the ship, the robots and monsters wrestling between them. They peered through the smeared glass of the other pod and saw something that they were not expecting. It was a human. And it wasn't just any human, it was a woman, again, dressed in a tattered Marlowe spacesuit. She peered back at them, and she looked angry. Oh, right, said the mystery man. Of course, now it's all coming back to me. He unbuckled himself and marched over to the computer where Abigail was sitting. He turned off the ship's shields. What, said Finn, what are you doing? The man smiled. He pointed at the other ship. You all forgot. There's a third wild thing. They all turned and watched as the monster with the bird head leapt from the other pod, soaring past the wrestling robots and monsters and grabbed hold of their pod. What are you doing? yelled Finn. I'm going back with them. I remember it all now so clearly. I was out on that spy mission. My monster and I had just boarded the Marlow when the alarm went off. We made an emergency stop on that planet when it suddenly gobbled me up. It must have knocked me out. <laughs> it's funny, actually, when you think about it. You know, your voice is changing, too, said Vale. You sound kind of crazy, dude. Crazy? said the mystery man. 
dude? Am I a crazy dude? Dude, is that what you think? I'm crazy? Am I a crazy dude? Crazy dude? I mean, yeah, said Vale. You guys are hearing him, right? <laughs> That's, he sounds crazy. Crazy like a fox, said the mystery man, as he pressed the button that opened the pod door. <laughs> Tell everyone aboard the Marlow, especially your mother, Finn, that I remember my name, and they should too. Outside, Voltronics and Foggy had freed themselves from the other two monsters and were now blasting their way back to the troop's pod. The giant bird-headed monster reached its arm up into the ship to pick up the mystery man. Wait, so what's your name? said Finn. Oh, I didn't tell you? No, said Elias. You just said crazy dude. I'm a crazy dude, dude crazy. Enough! Tell her Bunce is back. And that while the Marlow may have forgotten about me years ago, I have not forgotten about it. You mean except for the time where you couldn't even remember your name, said Abigail? Yes, yeah, uh, except for that time. Voltronics and Foggy landed outside the pod door, but Bunce turned to them and yelled, Let the wild rumpus start! And with that, the monster leapt from the explorer's pod, zooming past Foggy and Voltronics, carrying the mystery man, or Bunce, with it. The other two monsters grabbed hold, and they all climbed onto their ship. Foggy and Voltronics jumped into the pod, and Abigail closed the doors. Bunce, the mystery man, and the rest of his crew zoomed off. Okay, here we go, said Abigail, turning the ship. Wait, where are you going, said Finn. But we have to follow them, she said. No, 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 said Finn. We should go back to the Marlow and regroup. Finn, Finn, come in. Why haven't you come back yet? Over. Mom, we were attacked. By who? Are you okay? Yeah, but it's, I don't know, it's confusing. Who was it, Finn? They... They had an old explorer's pod. And they took the guy we had with us. He said he knew you. He said his name was Bunce. And that you had forgotten all about him. There was no response. Abigail set the course for the Marlowe. And the troop all waited to hear what Finn's mom said next. Mom, can you hear me? Over. Mom. Come back to the Marlowe, Finn. We need to talk. Guys, said Vale, I just realized something. We are legitimate space adventurers now. Oh yeah, said Finn, and how's that? Because I think we officially have an enemy. Okay, I'm here with my editor, Griffin, and he's got some questions for me, I'm sure. So Griffin, you want to say hi to everybody? Hi, hi, hi. All right, so Griff, what's your question for me? Oh, wait, so first of all, what did you think of the episode? It's pretty good. Pretty good? Okay. I think a little cuckoo. A little cuckoo. Okay. So what do you think? Why do you think it was cuckoo? Um, because I didn't really understand what that guy was talking about. He was cuckoo. Well, you don't understand why that, what that guy was talking about because Finn doesn't quite understand what that guy was talking about. There's a story happening here that's been happening in the background, and now it's kind of coming through you know where those wild things came from right or you remember those wild things yeah you remember those wild things from episode three yes so somebody had to send those wild things to the marlow and now we know who that was yep and we know it's because this guy bunce used to be on the marlow and he seems pretty angry with the crew right now huh yeah although there's no reason because you're not then why does he go back well that will all be answered next week on the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any other questions about the episode? Um, 
Did you know that the Explorers pod could, had, a, had a laser and go really fast? No. That might come in handy in a later episode, I think. I know that. What do you think about Voltronics's, uh new voice? <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about our jokes for the week. We got in a couple of jokes from our listeners. The first one was sent in via email, so I'm going to read it to you. It's from Sienna, who's age seven from Methuen, Massachusetts. And she sent in this joke. Why did the squirrel go to outer space? I don't know. To get the astronaut. <laughs> All right. And then we also have a joke from Pablo, who is nine years old and from Strongsville, Ohio. He sent in this Mars-themed joke that I'll play for you right now. Hi, I'm Pablo Perez, and I'm nine years old, and I have a joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Mar. Mar who? Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Pablo for playing all the roles in that joke. That was great. And then we have our art. We have some really great art. We have uh, art thanks to Hans, who's a six-year-old from Connecticut. He drew Saffrite and a picture of Voltronics, Foggy, and maybe my favorite robot, the Protofessor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Hans for his art. And then Gabriel, six from Oak Park, he sent us this drawing. He didn't say what it was on the drawing, though he wrote us a really nice note on back. My theory is that this is the planet of Saffrite, and then the yellow kind of corona here is Saffrite's eye. What, what do you think it is, Griff? Um, I think it's actually just Saffrite's eye. All of it's Saffrite's eye. Oh, the whole thing is Saffrite's eye. You also had another theory. Do you remember what that was? A uh, space rainbow. Yeah, could just be a space rainbow. So thanks so much to Hans and Gabriel for your art. We really appreciate it. Bebop is going to feast on that probably this weekend. That'll probably be his like weekend meal. <laughs> Oh, and Griffin, you drew something too. We'll put that up on the site. You drew what it was called kind of like a mashup of one of your favorite books. What's the name of that book? Battle Bugs. Yeah, Battle Bugs and Finn Caspian mashup. So we have Finn Caspian, one of the little lava creature guys who, what do they say? <laughs> and then we have uh, some characters from the Battle Bugs, which are, hold on to your hats, bugs. Yeah, because it's called Battle Bugs. Right, right. So we'll put that up too, and we'll feed that to Bebop. Maybe that'll be his lunch on Saturday. So thanks so much to everybody for sending in your jokes and your art. All right, and thanks to Natasha and Evan for their question for Bebop. If you have a question for Bebop, or you have art for Bebop, or any questions or ideas or jokes, we need more jokes, send them to earth at fincaspi.com. That's earth at fincaspi.com, and we'll make sure to use them on the show. So thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week. Okay! Can you say goodbye, Griff? Once again, thank you all so much for listening and sending in your jokes, your ideas, your Bebop food. Remember, go to fincaspi.com and you'll see Bebop's culinary reviews of every piece of art. Special shout out to Gabriel from Oak Park and Hans from Connecticut for their art and to Sienna from Massachusetts and Pablo from Ohio for their jokes. Keep all that stuff coming. A small announcement. We are three episodes away from the end of the first season of the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. But have no fear. If you subscribe at iTunes or whatever podcast app you use, make sure you subscribe and you won't miss a thing. In fact, our hiatus may not even be a hiatus at all. But the only way to know is if you subscribe so you get every story we put out. 
The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is a type drawer media production written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The theme music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest raven-haired human. Raven-haired? I think maybe Mark is getting in and writing the show notes here. For more information about the music, the art, everything about the show, check out the show notes. Thanks again for your jokes, your art, your ideas, and for your reviews in the iTunes shop. That's a really great way you can help the show by getting the word out. So we really, really appreciate those. And we'll see you next week. So there I was in the alley. No way out. Five humpback whales staring me down. You guys look a little salty, I said. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy. I'm Autumn. And I'm Jasper. And we're, we're a GZM family. And we want you to listen to our favorite show, Becoming Mother Nature. I love the one with the Green Reaper and the zombies. Yeah! Brinley Pasternak helped the Anders family uncover the truth about Holiday's past. Now, she'll need them to help her find the truth about hers. Six Minutes Out of Time is the long-awaited sequel to the most downloaded family audio adventure in history. When Cyrus is found unconscious near the mysterious Elixir Academy in Florida, Brinley learns the school may have a shocking connection to her missing mother. All new episodes are available one week early and ad-free for GZM subscribers. Visit gzmshows.com to learn more.